Welcome everyone to the weekly spotlight from Diversity in Apps. My name is Kabir Seth. And I'm Amy Kraft. And if this is your first time joining us, Diversity in Apps is a grassroots coalition. We're made up of researchers, producers, parents, and educators. And our mission is to raise awareness and engage in research about the need for inclusive, equitable, and diverse children's media. And one of the ways we do that, Amy and I host this podcast every week, and we highlight articles from our newsletter, um, which usually comes out on Sunday, where we highlight um, certain pieces that we just enjoyed that we want to talk about, and we share them with you, pieces of them, and we hope that you go out and share them with like-minded folks. And uh, another thing we do on this podcast is welcome people from the children's industry who are interested in diversity, researching on diversity, just generally care about diversity um, in their work. And this week we were lucky enough to have Erica Branch Ridley on from HITN. So later on this podcast, we talked to her about the 15 new apps that they, they just launched. So that's exciting. But first, let's start with the article. So Amy, you had an article you came across in The Guardian, right? Yeah, and it started with a clip that was Nickelodeon was sharing on Twitter of their animated series, The Loud House, but The uh, Guardian gives it a nice context. Mm -hmm. So what the article is, from Nickelodeon to Disney, children's TV leads the way for LGBT characters. And, it, you know... It was nice to see some good news coming. Right, right. I know. That's what we were talking about before the show. This is like a happy, this is a great article. Yeah, so um, in the clip, I haven't seen Loud House. It yeah, I was going to ask you. I haven't seen it either. Um, but now, believe me, I will make it, <laughs> which is so great. But in the clip, one boy is going over to another boy's house for a sleepover. Um, and the boy that's being dropped off has his two parents, Mr. McBride and Mr. McBride. Right. And, um, you know, they're saying it's uh, the network's first married gay couple on, and it's appearing on the show. And there's even kind of a nod to it in the clip of, like, one boy is like, get ready to make history. So, of course, <laughs> the kids watching the show, it's the history of what's going to happen at their sleepover. But right. for the rest of us, it's like, well, look at this moment. Yeah. Um, but I really encourage people to go watch the clip because what's great about it is not just that they're there, but that it just so clearly shows them as normal parents right. with the same neuroses of yeah. sort of, here's your allergy medication and right. all the numbers where we can be reached and right. you know, really just love that. And I think it like that sort of representation that normalizes all the different mm -hmm. kinds of families mm -hmm. we see. Um, it, it just makes me really happy. What did yeah. you? Yeah, that's what I that's what I loved about it was that it's it doesn't like it even says in the article it doesn't linger on their sexuality. It's just basically like these are these are his two dads and like they're crazy overprotective parents. Like it's um it I, I that's what um that I think when I th think about telling a good story, it's like having these like you're saying these celebrations of different types of families, but it's like not in a way that that's all we're talking about. It's just sort of like, look, that that's who they are. It's this is normal, and now we're we're moving on to what what the character is about. So right, I like that. And then the Guardian um, adds context to that, so it talks about. And now, granted, this isn't a long list, but in 2005, postcards right. from Buster's <laughs> featured gay parents. Uh, Good luck, Charlie. The live action show on the Disney Channel did as well. 
um, Clarence on Cartoon Network. And so, you know, I think the point of this article is that a lot of the people who work in kids' media, I think they see the need for kids to be represented and also their families to be represented. Mm -hmm. So the kids who are watching these shows come from a wide range of different families. So to see that represented is really important. Have you, uh, have you been, like, you've been in plenty of children's media meetings and sort of, you know, from, from all the years that you worked at, at so many companies, is this, have you been in a meeting where this was a discussion or sort of like, what are the families that were showing, whether it was, um, you know, an LGBT family or, you know, a, a single parent, et cetera? I'd say for the most part, I haven't, just because I work on, I've worked on a lot of licensed properties yeah. where the characters were all established. established. Yeah. By the time they come to games, it's not like we're creating right. a lot of like family characters. <laughs> You're like, let's mix this up a little bit. But I think what it points to, that it's a good question because a lot of times you don't see parents represent, period. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really yeah, interesting that when you show families that it be an inclusive yeah. Look at what families can be like. One thing that actually really gave me just the faith that things are moving in the right direction is that this also, these two dads are also an interracial couple. And that's just oh, not right. getting yeah. mentioned as it gets shared around. It's like here are two gay dads, mm-hmm. but the fact that they're also an interracial couple means that that piece of it has become normalized to an right. extent. It's like we're right. not even talking about that piece we're talking about that we're featuring gay dads. So that just made me feel really happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the other piece it talks about is sort of like in the past, like show creators or show producers have said like offline or something that these that this character um was gay or, you know, like these two are in a relationship. Like it's not something that's explicitly told in Yeah, like in this I show. think Legend of Korra probably right. falls into that, which the Guardian mentions as well. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. But yeah, you're right. Like I, I think um it's it's good to see children's programming sort of making this um you know taking the lead on, on these things and then like you're saying, um it's it's clearly coming from these creators and, the, and these producers sitting in the room making sure that families are being represented so and i really salute the people doing it because without question this gets protested Mm -hmm. and the the piece talks about that a bit too and certainly as you read the comments of this and others you'll see the comments that you would guess that you would always avoid the comment avoid the i know it's advice i never (laughs) don't feed the trolls don't feed the trolls yeah um Uh. but but I salute them because it is, you know, they could take an economic hit if you got like a large swatch of people protesting your show. Right. Um, right. But for, I think, a lot of children's media people to agree that it's important is yeah. progress. Yeah, for sure. That was, it was, it was a good piece. So we'll definitely have that in the, in the newsletter. Um, the other piece is, is a, a little bit of a it is a Debbie Downer <laughs> um, from Pacific Standard by Steph Cha. It's uh, of mice and minions. Why are all the cartoon animals male? So this is a fantastic piece. Um, if you guys only read one piece from our newsletter, 
well, shame on you, but if you're only going <laughs> to read one piece, read this piece. Um, it's very well done, very well written. And, you know, she, she starts things out by sort of giving the, starts talking about cartoon animals. And, you know, as I read through this, um, obviously, I'd, I'd never, like, thought about the fact that every named rat in Ratatouille was um, was a boy. And then I've, I've thought about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, I, I saw the movie once and I was really tired, but I get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> but the, the minions comment was really like, just took the, took the cake. So like you can't, they're not animals. Um, they're not even thought of as, as gendered. The author says she doesn't even think of them as gendered, but their names are Kevin Stewart and Bob. So, you know, that sounds pretty boy. And then the creator says, seeing how dumb and stupid they often are, I just couldn't imagine minions being girls. Um, And then she uses this phrase, that's his bid for benevolent sexist of the year, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) Um, And, you know, she goes through, she talks about how there's a romantic, um, when there is a girl cartoon animal, it's usually for a romantic purpose. Um, I was telling Rohan, my son, the story of Lion King today. And yeah, I mean, like, I guess when I got to Nala, like, it was sort of like, I just like mentioned like, yeah, so then Nala showed up and and Simba and her fell in love. Like, um, so yeah, that's what they're used for. And Mm. then she, she talks about Zootopia this, this summer when that came out and how, you know, they, you had a female lead, but apparently as it was originally written, it was supposed to star Nick, um, and Judy was the sidekick. So um so you know there was some save there that happened that um that made it uh you know that flipped it and then so she really gets to the secret life of pets and you know blatantly points out there was literally no reason for these two for the for the main characters to be boys right like these dogs dogs like for the most part there aren't too many types of dogs where the male and the female look dramatically different and um so she she goes through that um how these the animals almost every single animal in there including even like the bird or something the guinea pig they're all male um and then there's two uh there's two i guess female there's the cat and then the fluffy white lap dog which apparently becomes the um the romantic lead did you see this i did have you seen it oh no i haven't it is not my favorite, but and not even for these reasons. In fact, it's interesting that she argues it because I actually buy this argument more for minions than for the dogs because um, the trailers would not alert you to this at all, but mm-hmm. a huge part of the movie is these two male dogs get caught up with this underground sewer gang run by the rabbit played by Kevin Hart but it's like hyper violent like I oh. you know there's nothing about the trailer that says this is going to be a really violent movie um, huh. it, so it's just but in a gleeful violence way so you have I think I would almost argue that it makes sense for all these characters to be male because oh. there's a lot of toxic masculinity in this movie <laughs> and when the dogs are left to party it looks uh-huh. quite it, or it's structured like a frat party. You've got dogs drinking out of the toilet, and the other oh. dogs are going chug, chug, 
chug. So like, and then you're like, there. <laughs> it's very, you know. You're so, like, they had no choice. Like, this had to be boys. Like right. they screwed up the plot from the beginning. Huh. Yeah, and if anything, it kind of does the the Trinity syndrome thing, maybe of like the you know the only girls are like the helpful ones and the ones that are gonna kick ass in the end, and like that's very nice, but it's still like an almost unrequited love story of this little girl dog that's obsessed with our main dog. So I probably should hmm. proceed this whole thing with spoilers, but I don't recommend anybody watch this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I'm spoiling it because I don't want yeah, people to see it's it. Beautiful, bravo! Fair enough. To the we should remember that next time. <laughs> yeah. But Minions um, was particularly disappointing because I thought the Despicable Me movies were so great in mm-hmm. terms of, of course, the, there's another example of where the trailer betrayed what the movie was, but sort of in the reverse way. I yeah. thought the trailer for Despicable Me looked obnoxious but you know there was one day we didn't have much to do let's go see it and then I realized it was this adorable story about these three little girls like you know softening this villain dude right. and I'm, this movie is lovely like I really <laughs> liked it um, but the, I think that the whole idea of like boys won't go see girls they, they must have felt like they couldn't put those girls in the trailer hmm. yeah I mean the um yeah that that goes back to it like you're saying that they couldn't put the girls in the trailer and then she addresses that like you know this idea that movie studios are like well they just little boys think that movies with girl leads are yucky and they won't get in cars and hand over their credit cards to see them and then she basically says whose fault is that you know it's the boys who are used to see is it because boys are used to seeing boys everywhere that they start to think boy cats and boy dogs are normal and that girl cats and girl dogs somehow strain acceptable bounds of credibility mm-hmm. and um and meanwhile like they're very you know weirded out when boys do go see a, a girl-led movie like frozen mm-hmm. like I made an Elsa birthday cake for my son because he was obsessed with Frozen like every other kid his age. Mm-hmm. It was just a good movie that happened to be right. female leads. Um, and then I think that they didn't know what to do with that and they were very surprised that that movie became successful. Or they seemed to be because like the toy line seemed to have caught them <laughs> off guard. Like, oh, surprise. surprise. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think... Um, my son, he went to preschool this year and um, in a very w- random way ended up being the only boy in a class of 12. So there were him and 11 girls. And they, um, even though every parent assured us they had never watched Frozen, every girl loved Frozen in there. Mm-hmm. And Rohan got into Frozen. And I was like, that's I, it's fine with me. Like, the music is good. And the story is so good that's it like when i watched it the first time i was like this is so it also felt like off the beaten path of a um of a disney movie Mm -hmm. um and so you know it's fine and then uh, a couple weeks ago rohan was with his older cousin went to the bookstore and he went and picked out a a sticker book that had disney princesses on it and his cousin was like i have never i can't like he was like eight or nine years old like why are you picking that book Rohan like that's for girls How? and I was like he likes it it's, it's fine and like Rohan was very hesitant he was sort of like struggling like should I put this book back should I take it the end of the day he ended up taking it but it was 
you know, like that, there it is right there. Like this eight and nine year old has been told that like, this is for girls. Like, mm-hmm. don't, why are you picking that? This, ex- you know, it's outside the acceptable bounds of credibility. And that's um, actually a piece that makes me really sad is that our boys, like, I feel like we encourage our girls to like, you mm-hmm. can watch whatever you want. You get to yeah. watch the whole catalog of girl stuff and it's acceptable for you to watch the boys stuff too because that's so much of what's out there yeah um or like you know secret life of pets and minions it's sort of like this is the family entertainment of the summer um you know but our boys it's like i that's what i that's sort of my path into talking to my son about it i'm like that doesn't seem fair that you can't like that or you can't watch that like does that seem fair to you and he'll be like no and i'm like great (laughs) <laughs> right yeah yeah like, so you, have you a should responsibility watch like that they have to not end up like this like she touches on it this is what we talked about last week about um you know this backlash to the ghosts all female ghostbusters like she was she sort of like draws a parallel here that like they grow up seeing that and that four or five years old they already know that this is for boys and boys are normal and boys are like the main character and girls are the sidekick and there should be no reason. And then they grow up and then somebody makes a movie with their heroes now being girls and they freak out. And like, it's cause we screwed up 25 years ago. So um, I wanted to see that. And now it's for girls. <laughs> they really did it. Um, yeah. I will say though, like I, I was telling, um, my husband this it's like now i'm actually kind of doing the reverse about it. like i saw a trailer for the magnificent seven mm-hmm. realize this isn't kids media but i just had this moment again of watching like actors who i adore and it actually looks like a pretty good movie but it's like oh god it's all dudes again. right <laughs> Except for the one woman who uh-huh. surely is going to become someone's love interest. In the Absolutely. So what else is she doing there, Amy? I, don't... <laughs> I know. What, what, what would she do? Apparently, yeah. she's like the boss of the mission, though. But that doesn't matter. She'll still be well, someone's love interest. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll eat my words and I would happily eat my words. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, coming back to the minions, I feel like, like Secret Life of Pets, there's some really obnoxious behavior in minions that I don't particularly want my kids watching like when the one minion is hitting on the fire hydrant like hey baby you know it's like why why so not only are we going to make them all male we're also going to have them behaving very badly like right (laughs) wow that's terrible um the the other piece that we sort of talked about before that was um this the the kids screen article from a while ago about how people or i guess how um certain toys were viewed as gender neutral when it was sort of surprising to see them as gender neutral right right this was a study done i believe by smarty pants where they were just giving kid affinity scores right just like a general score and a boy affinity score and a girl affinity score to a bunch of properties um but what struck me is, and, you know, the headline of the article was really like, gender-inclusive brands score big with kids. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm going to click on this headline. <laughs> like, that is clickbait for me. Right. Um, but what became interesting are, like, a bunch of the gender-neutral, you can't see me, but I'm making air quotes, <laughs> uh, 
oh, some of the brands that they mentioned. So they mentioned Minions. Mm-hmm. They mentioned Paw Patrol, which I think we talked about last week, and it's right. like one female character. Um, Scooby-Doo, SpongeBob, uh, Lego, Angry Birds, Mario, Minecraft. And then of um, the only ones that I was almost surprised to see, it's like Hunger Games is also on this list, and Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, so interestingly, I would say... If you were really thinking about gender neutral, I would take that term to mean inclusive of both genders, in which Hunger Games and Harry Potter do a fairly nice job of that. But as you think about Angry Birds, just because a lot of girls like it doesn't mean it's gender neutral. I just found it very striking. And then, you know, to give some context to this, some of the things on the boy skewing brands are WWE, Star Wars, Transformers, Ninjago, Iron Man, superhero, Pokemon. Um, And then girl skewing is DC superhero girls, Lego friends, La La Loopsie, Littlest Pet Shop, Hello Kitty. You know, I mean, they're sort of like the, you could kind of imagine what those lists do. But when we think about, I just paused because when we think about gender neutral, or certainly as marketers think about gender neutral, it is quite far from gender neutral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it it was just a very strange. I think Minions obviously catches your eye, especially because the creators like explicitly said they're boys, mm-hmm. and um and like even this chart on this uh, table sort of like puts minions very close to girl skewing which mm-hmm. um which I, and you know to your point earlier it's like it's not like general neutral doesn't mean because both boys and girls like it like that's mm-hmm. not that shouldn't be how something is determined to be general gender neutral right? right um but i guess that's how they they decided to um separate it so right. um yeah so it's interesting i think it, I challenge people to really think about these things. And as you're watching, like, the latest kids movie, I haven't seen Finding Dory yet. I'm very excited to have another Pixar yeah, we, female lead. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then as we go see Finding Dory, look at the supporting cast of characters. You know, right. it is, like, if you do have then Dory's your female character, which was pretty true with Nemo if I remember correctly, like Dory was one of the few female characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just watched it with Rohan. Um, yeah. There's the starfish. She's female. Mm-hmm. And there's like a little um, girl squid in his school. Oh, right. And then the yeah. dead mom. <laughs> oh, right. Dead Don't mom. forget dead mom. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to write that one down. Um, yeah. Not a lot of screen time there. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, it it will be interesting to see what they do with that. I I always wonder about this, like, um, you know, there's study after study, or sort of like, there's evidence, like a new show will come out. It has a diverse cast, or, um, and you know, it'll have good, it'll have rave reviews. Everyone will like it. And there'll be, and so then there'll be like a bunch of think pieces written about how like diversity wins, like movie studios or, you know, whoever, people who are producing content need to recognize this and make diverse content. But it's like, what I don't understand is why, if, 
like if someone wanted to start a, a studio tomorrow, like, I don't know, some billionaire was like, okay, I want to do this. Wouldn't this be like the way to attack the market is just be like, look, I'm going to make a bunch of movies that actually show the like that shows that boys will go see movies with girls as the lead characters. Boys will go see movies that show characters that don't look like them, etc. Like mm-hmm. it's I just wonder why because all of these media companies are so hungry for growth and like so they have to continue to show value to their shareholders and like it just seems like there's this thing sitting out there that says like why don't we tell stories that you know are that don't follow exactly what we've been doing for the last whatever 25 30 40 years and just tell these the like something like Zootopia that's been a huge hit like it just seems strange I I I don't know that someone at some meeting hasn't been like, why don't we start just telling more diverse stories? Right. Um, Although, I mean, I think we have a few movies to look forward to coming up. Moana. Did you see the new trailer yes. for Moana? Yeah. Adorable coming from Disney. Um, I'm very excited about that one. Um, and I think there are a few others. What's the one um, that Lupita Nyong'o is going to be in? Yeah, the one about chess, right? Yeah. Queen of Kawa. Yeah. That's coming out soon yeah. too. So I think that we can we'll look hang our forward to those. some of these. And like we were saying with Ghostbusters, go vote with your dollars, everybody. Please, yeah. opening weekends, vote with your dollars. Um, right. Vote with your okay. screens and vote with your social media. And this is, I think, how we can keep saying yes, please, yeah. more of this. Good point, Amy. All right. All right, so definitely check out these two articles um, as well as the other pieces, and we will get to our interview now. All right, guys, part of our podcast every week is bringing on amazing people from the children's media industry, and this week we have Erica Branch Ridley, a fellow founding member of Diversity and Apps, as well as the executive producer for Creative Development at the Hispanic Information and Telecommunications Network, HITN. Erica, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great that we were uh, we were able to make this happen. So you are here to talk about quite a few apps that HITN just recently launched. Yes, yes, yep. Recently launched, um, and uh, we're really excited about the launch of them. We just launched 15 um, English development uh, English language development apps for preschoolers with the with the character Pocoyo. Yeah. So um, they've been in development for a while. So we're just excited. That they're That's up. great. So before we get into to the apps, why don't we get? Why don't you share a little bit about your background? You're obviously a veteran of the industry and sort of um, the the path you've taken that that um, that brought you to to HITN. Sure. Um, I started out working in television. Um, I worked. Um, uh, basically, like I worked at, P- at CBS News, and I worked mm-hmm. actually at BET, um, and I basically was in television production. And then I uh, started to uh, really look into—I don't want to start, you know, I'm going to age myself here—but <laughs> uh, the internet, this new thing at, at that time, but uh, multimedia and digital um, work. And I started working in at um, NickJr.com in really, really early stages. Uh-huh. Um, and in fact, I worked on 
the first Dora sight and the first little little Bill when little Bill came oh, out, wow. and it was it was right when Nick Online really started. Yeah, and um, and I worked there for a while, and then I worked at TV Land, um, the 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 TV Land um area and Nick at Night because at that point broadband video was was starting to become a big thing, and and I started to. Uh, work in just doing like behind the scenes and and I'm um, taking like all this stuff I've learned in the television and bringing it to online and it, you know nowadays that's just the norm but this right. was really in the right. beginning of, of uh, video and from all that work I, I wanted to really start doing things that were more educational and I research see. focused and went over to Sesame Workshop and what was so, you know, kind of life-changing there was that I worked on this amazing grant called Ready to Learn. And mm -hmm. it was at the time when Electric Company uh, was what was – the Sesame Workshop got a grant to do and bring back the Electric Company. So I was in charge of all the digital um, aspects for Electric Company and was able to create the website for Electric Company and other digital – um, other digital games, um, and that's when, like, uh, starting with I, the iPad and right, apps, right. but it was really research-focused. Yeah. And I really loved the Ready to Learn grant and what it stood for and what it does for uh, children um, in a certain, like, for lower-income children and children that really can't get uh, what other children, like the, the Nickelodeon children right. or other, uh, the, the, the main um uh, main, uh, sure, I'm trying sure. to say, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for yeah, saying. no, I, I totally uh, understand what you're saying. You've sort of seen the entire gamut of, of how children consume media and sort of like you're saying this evolution from yes. when things started on the internet to now, right, <laughs> that's exactly. the only way kids consume it is, it, is through their iPad. So exactly, exactly. Um, and, and the connection of the watching the show to playing the show. Right. So right. watching something on television and then actually playing with the characters in a yeah. digital, you know, lean forward way. Right. Um, and then HITN got uh, the RTL grant, got an RTL grant in 2010. And, um, and, Part of that, uh, I came to HITN around 2013 mm -hmm. when they were going to begin using the, the character Pocoyo because they started out a little differently. Then they I started see. using Pocoyo, and I was brought on to uh, create all the digital apps and the digital uh, transmedia experience for, for Pocoyo. Um, so and these, the Pocoyo apps, the 15 app, all 15 mm -hmm. apps have Pocoyo w within them, correct? Yes, uh huh. And they're all uh, and they're all dual language apps. Right, they're all dual language apps. Um, and uh, and you know some some uh, some people in the industry call them ELL, so early language learning, mm -hmm. and some uh, call them dual language and then dual language DLL. Right. And the reason why there's a distinction there is because because it's for younger children, because it's for preschoolers. You mm -hmm. know, when you're three years old, you're really learning two languages. You're learning whatever your home language is, then you're sure. learning the other language. So you're really kind of learning them at the same time. So the way yeah. they have to be um, produced, the way they have to be put together is with that in mind. And right. so that, is, that was the goal and the, the main curricular goal and idea behind all the Pocoyo apps. I see, I see. And so the, 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 they're sort of broken out, right, as early language development, early literacy, and early math. Yes, right? uh-huh, yes. They, and they, so the early language development, you have colors, feelings, friendship, my five senses, and let's move. And those are, 
focus specifically on, like you said, they're targeting preschool children, mm -hmm. right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so do they all sort of have a similar look and feel like what was, uh, I guess, what was your specific role across the, the 15 apps? Um, was to come up with, um, knowing that it was going to be those three genres of early math, early literacy, mm -hmm. and early language, but to come up with what are the main um, things that children at that age are learning in school, in preschools. Because right. the grant was only, wasn't only for just making apps, it was also for making non-digital um, uh, activities for the classroom. So we had, we were in about 200 over the about three years, um, different um, Head Start and preschools over the, all over the country, and that's including Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. And uh, we also created non-digital materials. So what would happen is in a pilot school, the teachers would not only get iPads that would have these apps on them, but they would also have um, a, a, like a box or, you know, a, a kit that had sure, um, sure. feelings. And so there were other... Uh, things in the in the whole kit that has right. to do with feelings if that was the the thing so my and that's goal, where the transmedia piece came yes uh-huh okay. so my, my job was to make sure that the story uh went across if you will all of those pieces of media yeah so the child was was immersed in whatever that 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 education or that theme was throughout all the things that they did, whether it was the app or any of the um, non-digital um, material. I see. And you guys started out in schools, and now it's sort of commercially available. Is that that's the... correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yep, we we started out in pilot schools, and we also did a lot of research testing with the uh, Michael Cohen group, mm -hmm. and through all the things that we learned through those things, that's how they're now commercially available. I see. I see. Okay. And. They're both for um, iOS and Android or just iOS? Just iOS right now, yes. I right. see. Okay. Okay. So I know it's, uh, I know you worked on, you touched every single one of these. Are there particular ones that, um, that you really love that um, you enjoyed working on? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I did enjoy them all, but one of them <laughs> um, in particular um, is, it's called Colors. It was the first one that we did. Uh -huh. Um and that one um, is really about, it's not only about, you know, because at three years old, kids kind of know their colors. Right. So this one was about not only, you know, kind of going over the colors with them, but it was also for them to learn rare colors. So there are colors like turquoise and also things that are not colored like neon. What's a neon color? Oh, There's um, lavender. Uh, so their vocabulary in the different colors is also expanded. Right, but the main right. thing about that app is about mixing colors. So kids learn that, you know, that some colors are made from other colors. So they really get immersed in that. Yeah. There was a lot of feedback like, well, isn't that too, that's too, you know, old for kids. But it's it just kind of sending the, the groundwork of, you know, this color is made with these two colors. And so they don't have to memorize it or know it but it's kind of the introduction so that they understand you know it's just again understanding that the world is bigger than just the than what they think uh, that it is just these colors and then the, to watch kids learn that to learn that at three and four is really sure. interesting and really yeah my little guy still um the mixing of the colors thing is something i think that there's like you're saying they know the individual colors but sort mm -hmm. of understanding the mixing piece is is a bit challenging so yeah yeah uh -oh. 
and it's mm-hmm. it's fun to watch them learn and and, and just introducing because it's really just an introduction of that to them. So right. Um, um, the other thing I'm really proud of is with all of the English language development apps, we worked with um, Linda Espinoza, who is an expert in the fields of dual language learning and has written many, many amazing um, papers and um, about, and she lectures all over the world about that, about, about early language. And she was my main advisor on these. And one mm-hmm. thing that we created with her was this, it's a story maker app. And what's interesting about it is that um, the kids, from all the things that they've learned through the games, through the, yeah. the, they get to make their own story. And while that's something that's, you know, in a lot of different apps, in this one, the way it ends is, or the way after you make your story, it's very important for kids, no matter what language you're learning, to be able to, to use their words and to speak it. So there's a way for them to record their story uh. and so that they can hear, they can use the new lear- words that they learned, um, and then they can hear it back. So um, That's great. There's a special. And that, and is that within all the apps? Or yes. Which, uh-huh. Okay. Oh, so which in every app they can make a story. Awesome. Right, exactly. And it's using all the artwork that they just played with, if you will, mm-hmm. in all the different games. So it's like um, all the different games and all the different things that right. they activities, they can now make a story about it. Right, right. And so with the pilot schools that, that you guys chose, were you looking for schools that had um, – higher sort of a higher percentage of um, English as a second language students or um, or was it a case that you were sort of um, rolling it out to to uh, everyone it was it was it was a uh, we looked for schools that had a higher percentage of um, of, 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 of of a mixed classroom that had sure. um, a lot of children that were uh, English was a second language okay um, okay and then how how long between, like, since you guys have rolled out the pilot to now launching commercially, how long has, has that, um, how long was that process? Well, we spent the, the first year kind of creating everything, and then the second year, so I would say a good uh, two years of, of being in different pilot schools and, and um, tweaking and, and putting back and, um, and working with our advisors um, to kind of recreate things. And, um, and then, cause you know, then we'd have to do different voiceovers and we worked with a company in Spain. So yeah. it yeah. was also exciting, but a little challenging, um, of course, cause it was, it, it was, um, over in Spain, but Spain, Zinkia is the company that owns Pocoyo and mm-hmm. they've created Pocoyo. So, um, I so see. they're the main brand company. So we worked very closely with them. Okay. Okay. And then, um, sort of the, the dual language piece, it sounds like that was pretty, you know, that's something that you've sort of focused on. This diversity piece has sort of been important to you throughout throughout your career. Was that what sort of attracted you to um, to this uh, to this to these set of apps? Yes, absolutely. It's definitely definitely that one thing that I that I learned. One thing that I was always passionate about, but definitely learned through this process, um, and definitely work with Linda Espinosa is that again, little kids. They're struggling learning language, period. It's not right. even that they're just learning a second language. They're learning all languages right away. And, yeah. um, and again, there's the whole piece of feeling that they are, you know, um, incorporated within their classroom in certain ways. Um, and, and even though Pocoyo is 
a character that has friends that are different, like animals. Mm-hmm. Um, just the language piece. We we chose Pocoyo because it wasn't. It was more about the language. It was more about the the words and the in the vocabulary um, than it was anything else. So yeah. we focused on that and um, and just watching the children feel like oh, there's something for me. And then watching children who only know English. Mm-hmm. Um, feel like they were learning a, another language as well. And the right. teachers, who a lot of the teachers don't speak Spanish. They have these yeah. children in their classroom. And so they they were also learning at the same time. And oh, so um, the whole inclusiveness was just very, very um, striking, but very important in this process. And uh, uh, So how did you... So the, those are like sort of distinct audiences, right? You have sort of the, the kids who hear English at school and Spanish at home, and then you have kids who only speak English sort of home and school. Mm-hmm. Um, how how did you sort of address, in, within the apps, how did you sort of address those challenges? Um, well, that's a great question because that was one of the other things that really came out is that the the Linda Espinosa in her, in her work feels that you know, you start with the language that you know. So, for instance, there's a way to toggle back and forth. But, oh, I see. It, but when you are in a certain language, it wasn't that it was only English or only Spanish. If you were a child that, that really knows Spanish better, then what would happen is the app, all the things would speak Spanish first, and then the English would be secondary. So, for instance, if you're learning the colors, you mm-hmm. would hear the Spanish word first, and then you hear the English word. If you only know English, it would be the the English word first, and then the Spanish word. So, you always heard both both things together. It's right. just a, it's just which would come first because nice. um, you need to, for instance, hear how to play the game in your own native language before you can even play the game. So. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so the directions, for instance, would be in Spanish, but while you're in the game, you're also hearing English, if that makes sense. Yeah, Whereas, that does make sense. And so the apps are made like they're not like just all Spanish or all English. And that's what kind mm-hmm. of makes it different is that it really is both languages, but your your language that you know is what, what is the directions and what comes first. Right. Um, so that kind of you know, to me that, that, that does speak to, to everybody. Yeah, so, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. That makes a lot of sense and, and is, is clearly a dif- differentiator. Um, we talked about the early language development, the early literacy mm-hmm. apps are weather and seasons, my day and community helpers. So, mm-hmm. um, weather and seasons is pretty straightforward is, is my, day, like, what's my day? What, what's that, um, entail? That is, um, Pocoyo going through his day. Um, oh, I see. You're kind of helping okay. him go through his day, but again, you're hearing some. Um, you're hearing some real words, some words that maybe are a little bit more. You know that 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 kids would usually hear in the in the home. That um, um, I'm trying to give an example, but uh, so anyway, back to it's just about going through Pocoyo's day. I um, see. Waking up you know, getting ready for school and just really something to, it, these would be apps that would be like in the beginning of the, of the year, if you will. That yeah. This, would use yeah. It's apps. very normal. Um, mm-hmm. like weather and seasons, like my little guy goes to, um, preschool. So he mm-hmm. hears, um, weather and seasons in my day and sort of, um, what did you do first? What do you do next? Um, and then what's community helpers? How does 
Is that like yep. policemen and firemen? Right. Of? Uh-huh. Is is all okay. the people in your community uh, that that um that you would go to for help or that's there to help. I so see. it's also about veterinarians. It's even about um uh the um sanitation workers and like I mailmen see. and um people who fix the sidewalks and right. Right. Um, those kind of things so they can understand that. One other piece I wanted to say that's in every single app, just like the story maker, yeah. is something that we have called the word machine. Uh, um, in the math, I'll talk about that another time, but it, it's called the word machine. And that is always Spanish and English. So um, even in the literacy ones, which are mainly on the vocabulary, this word machine, you would see a little video, and again, you would hear the words in Spanish and English, and uh-huh. uh, Pocoyo would um, it would say it, and then you would have to you would have to repeat it. So it, it's a it's a way that you you would start off the app where you're learning all the vocabulary, and then within the whole app, you would hear those words throughout, um, so that you can you know now you're like like immersing right. yourself in the words that you just learned. But all the word machines in all the different apps are both in Spanish and in English. And are they, um, do you record yourself saying the word or it, or it, it says it to you and then the kid sort of says it back? Yes. But it doesn't, okay. Right, okay. yeah, they record it to you and then you, then you say it back. I see. And um, then the, uh, the early math apps, these seem a little bit more, I mean like with the ex- exception of like the patterns and Maybe mm-hmm. sort it. Let's count the the two D shapes, three D shapes, math fun park with number operations, and then number party. Are those those seem to be leaning a little bit for older kids, or is that still within the preschool age? That's still in the preschool age. For okay. those for all those apps, we worked with um, Herb Ginsburg, who is also an amazing. Um, was an amazing advisor and somebody who is an expert in the field of early math. Mm-hmm. And he um, he's at Teachers College, and he actually is the one that helped us pick all the different themes for all the math. And these are the things that the kids, that preschoolers learn every single day when they're learning um, math. And he really believes in math as stories. So what you'll see is that they're learning all these concepts but within mm-hmm. a like a like a a story environment, if you will, like it's a story. Like you're trying to help, um, uh, you know, Pato, one of the characters, take all the ice cream cones to a party. But you have to help him estimate how you know where he should go right. to get there. So meaning that you know it, it, to show little kids that math is really a part of like every day, and you yeah. may not know it in that way. But you'll see that it's just always part of 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 of, of every day, and these concepts like estimation, like right. sorting, they're they're math concepts, and they're they're part. So it, while it sounds like that's that may be older, it really isn't. And mm-hmm. when when you start to see the, the apps, you'll see that it is really just something that they always that they always do. You know, go you know make sure you put on your you know get put all your blue toy put all the blue box over here. Right. You know, it's still part of it. Yeah. So, um, but no, these are all preschool. They're all preschool, um, um, curriculum, part of the preschool curriculum for the math. And so just going back to the community helpers one, you mentioned it's sort of showing all the people that sort of you would, um, 
that you see around your neighborhood and your, in, within your community. What I know you said Pocoyo's friends are, are animals. Was yeah. it a case then where you designing, were you like taking these animal characters and dressing them up as uh, firemen and construction workers, et cetera? Or was it like you had to, to create separate sort of images of, of that? And if you, if that's what you had to do, was there sort of a diversity element in, involved there? Wow, you're so good at the questions. Because I was going <laughs> to figure out how to put that in there. Yes, all of the above. Some of the games, we had the characters, like the, the, the Ellie, who's an elephant, and uh, and Pazzo. We had them like dress up as like the crossing guard. And that was oh, in certain, certain games. However, we had this one game that was really um, like a – it didn't have Pocoyo in it. It was just a um, – you're just looking at the community and what you're doing is you're kind of tapping on different things and watching what happens. In that instance, we did make um, a lot of different, you know, characters that were, sure. that were little kids. And within that, yes, it was um, definitely, you know, the diversity is there. But, yeah. you know, I... Um, you know, I have a story that I actually, uh, Amanda, you know, Amanda, one of our other diversity uh-huh. and apps members, you know, her and I w- were doing something at a, at a workshop and I brought this story up because it was just an interesting thing. And one of the things that I really feel strongly about and I feel is my responsibility as, you know, a producer of, of, of um, different things for children. But in Spain, like I was saying before, they made these apps and they uh, were making this community of children and adults so the kids mm-hmm. could play. Um, at that time, what was happening is um, it was a lot of stuff happening in this country with uh, with 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 cops and with mm-hmm. African American cops and and um, and and police officers and and kids playing and everything. A lot of sure. stuff. So that's over here. So what happens is when they made the the game, there was a part with with policemen and uh, there were um, these two cars got, you know, when you hit the car, they kind of had a little like, you know, bender, like, yeah, uh, bender. What's the little word? Bender, bender. Thank you very much. That one. (laughs) And so what happens is out of the, out of the, um, the cars, there are two African-Americans that come out of the cars and then the police officers come around and they're just kind of telling them, you know, you just see them kind of like saying, you know, you don't see them saying it's it's far away, but you right. see a little like conversation. And then they all go back in the car. And so at the very time that this was happening, um, I, I just was like, I just I feel like we, we might have to change what that scene looks like and just kind of mm-hmm. change the way it, it rolls out. So I called Spain and so did another producer and we got it uh, we got it changed a little differently because we have to just think about, you know, we yeah. don't know which kids are playing this game. We don't know the communities they live in. We don't know. And so we just wanted to make sure. So we made sure like one police officer was, was black, one was white. We made mm-hmm. sure that there was way more diversity in the in this scene because yeah. those are the kind of things you do have to think about just to make sure because while, you know, it's different for me and different for you. We sure. don't know which which kids are going to be playing this game or what is happening in their lives at the time. Um, yeah. And you I, have to really think about those I, things when you right. make games. Yeah, I, th- I think that's um, that's well said. I, I think the um, Amy and I were talking about this last week about 
um, lived experiences and sort of um, the bubble that you live in. Um, you know, you need to sort of recognize that that bubble as much as you can, and then sort of design um, with not always yourself in That's in right. mind and sort of in um, mind. Right. So. So that that's uh that's good to hear. I I think that is something where I think again it sort of comes back to our focus and our need for the the dig toolkit and yes. um having a a way for producers and um developers to sort of yeah. make sure that at at each milestone they're doing something that's diverse and inclusive and um and that eventually is going to just make a better a better app. Yeah, because you have to, and you have to think about these things. When I was at Dora, you know, this is around September 11th, and we mm -hmm. were making a game. And before September 11th, the game was Dora had to save the prince, and the prince was like at the top of the tower, and uh. he was he was locked in, right? So then, so that was the game. But then, at, then September 11th happened, and then mm -hmm. like, like a couple of weeks later, it was supposed to launch. And then when you look at the game now, and you see him at the top of the tower saying, help, we yeah. have to change that game over. So I guess what I'm, what I'm saying, too, is you also have to think about what's happening in the world. You just yeah. have to. And that's part of diversity, too, because whereas, like, with this little thing with the police officers in Spain, you know, it wasn't that they did anything wrong. Right. That No, that makes a lot of sense. I think, like you're saying, they didn't necessarily know what was going over, right. on over here, um, right. and they didn't right. do anything wrong when they designed it. But yeah, you have to sort exactly. of be aware of, be of the moment. Of the aware of the moment. And, yeah. and, you know, one thing that sometimes I hear is like, oh, maybe you're being too sensitive, but I don't think that when, when it comes to kids and it comes to making stuff for children, I don't think there's ever too sensitive. I think that you have to just think about it. And it doesn't mean that you know, people who don't, there's something wrong or they, they it just means that, you know, not everybody's going to think about it. That's why it's so important to have diverse mm -hmm. um, teams and diverse right. staff because yeah. what you may not think of, I'm going to think of, what I may not think of, you might think of, you know, and it's just really, really important. And, you know, and like, you know, even, you know, the whole, the stereotype thing, it's important. We all have to be mindful of stuff. When they made the police officer little thing again, I was showing my daughter, and she is very, very, very much into um, Japanese culture and, mm -hmm. and Asian culture. And so we were looking at it, and I said, oh, what do you think? It looks good, right? And she said, mm, no, you can't do that, Mommy. And I said, what, what's wrong? So she was, she was 16 at the time, maybe 15. And she was like, you can't do that. I said, why not? She goes, because the two drivers in the cars that had the little crash, they were both Asian. And she's like, you can't do that. Oh, uh, the stereotype. The stereotype. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, my daughter is not Asian, but she is so aware. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, I was like, y you're right. We can't do that. So, I, of course, I had to call Shane <laughs> and be like, uh, hello, how you doing? Uh, can you? But <laughs> the point is, it's better to be safe than sorry because, God forbid, you know, we – we have to be thinking about children and we have to be thinking about these things. Right. And there isn't when it, to me, there isn't too sensitive. You've just got to be on top of it, but you've got to have a diverse uh, people on your team. Sure. Sure. That's yeah. I think think. Diverse teams obviously eliminate, um, or help reduce blind spots and, and, mm -hmm. um, and that goes, 
for across any uh, any industry. The uh, the question I had for you was: you mentioned for the school rollouts, you guys had these tr- sort of transmedia um, elements that went beyond the app and sort of immersed right. the. Are there plan? Are are those transmedia elements available um, now that these apps have rolled out for for the general audience, or is it um, or is it is it just the apps that are available right now? The apps are the only things available right I now. See. However, they're, I think the the goal is to take some of the stuff and kind of pare it down mm-hmm. to make it more for families. Um, and there's oh, a there's a, com- yeah. there's a conversation happening that how do we you know get you know schools to buy it but that's a whole other kind of business kind of model but now um the other thing that we also did a lot of was we did a lot of events and activities in children's museums and in libraries and with a lot of homeschool schooling organizations um and with some um some some home organizations where there are people that go into the homes and work with parents so we we pared down a lot of this stuff and now we're making like parent and family kits I that see. that will be that will be available. Okay, um, that's what we're working on right now. And is there a website that we should direct folks to? Like, um, obviously we can put them in the show, put it in the show notes so that they. But is there a, a website to that sort of um, has links to to these apps? Um, well, right now, well we're, rec- we're creating that right now, but they can go to. Um, uh, uh, HITN okay. um, dot org and there's a learning area Great. that um, that they can go into to see some information and but right now uh, to get the apps they're on the you know they're in the iTunes store and they would go to you do a search for Pocoyo uh-huh. play, play sets play sets great yeah Pocoyo play sets where awesome. you find the apps so 15 apps these are um everyone should should check them out if you have a preschooler or if you don't have a preschooler they uh they cover a lot of stuff i'm excited to uh continue to show them to to my little guy um erica branchley thank you so much for coming on you're welcome it was my pleasure take care okay thanks <laughs>